Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. And good morning. That's right. You're on Dirt Radio with Sam and Jack this morning. How are you doing, Jack? Yeah, not bad, Sam. How are you? Oh, I look, I sound like I've been chewing on gravel. I ran some workshops over the weekend and I'm losing my voice because of it. So I'm just hoping I make it through the show. Uh, how about you? What, what did you get up to? Not too much. Um, not using my voice very much at all, to be honest. Doing a lot of sitting and reading and getting into the full swing of the transition into autumn, which is quite nice. Being from the UK, it's one of my favourite times of the year, I think. Yeah, right. I think that I um, I started to lose my voice uh, way back when the strikers had their rally on the Friday and it's just continued. So um, I apologise if I sound incredibly husky. So coming up on today's show, I thought that we would have a chat with someone who was supporting members of Blockade Australia uh, have you heard of Blockade Australia? No, not enough, no. No? Um, so Blockade Australia has been taking direct action, uh, wanting system change and climate change. Uh, they did some actions last year up around Newcastle, the largest coal port in the world. And over the last week and a bit, they've been doing actions centred around the Port of Botany, which is the largest container shipping port in Australia. Uh, and a sign of the system of movements of goods through Australia. Um, so we're going to hear from uh, Z, who's been helping out Blockade Australia and supporting them, um, and that'll be coming up very shortly. Uh, before we do that, we're going to have a quick song so I can double-check that the phone is all in order, and we'll come back and we'll be talking to someone who has been supporting Blockade Australia, activists over the last week as they've done a series of amazing creative and courageous actions up in Sydney. Stay tuned and hopefully my voice holds out. Particular promises, baby empty bellies, poverty and democracies and political rallies. But who the rich are love for using me for votes? Pretend that me is sorry for them winning, it's a joke. I'm sick of trick or treaters, in costume disguises, leaders, charismatic public speakers, post mafia and fake healers. I think the proper grammar scammers scamming us for votes in front of TV camera with an innocent approach. No more lies and fallacies, one apologies. Trying to ask, please, when I squeeze on your pioneers. Justice or else is the minutes of Farrakhan. So i stand up a yard and house with my glock up in my hand. If I take it literally, What's my need for answer? What them really do to pretty? Give me the microphone, I make me rep the innocent. Pain recompense for money spent to feed the government. Give me the microphone, get the people riled up. Too much fucker piled up, get the thing them piled up. Parallel universes in the same old hemisphere. Authorities they don't care with them nose up in the air.
yes, turn the tables. Had enough for you with your parables and tables. Jamaican bad gal, queen and revolutionary. Never quick to start a war, but shoot whenever necessary. Product of the inner city, where me come from, it no pretty. Survive the nitty gritty, ain't nobody taking pity. Survive a kind of tricky in New York, Cali and Philly. Are the same thing I go on on a Kingston. Turn physical from long time scars. We are reap the residual from slavery to don't know the thing get critical. Them can't kill with soul, cause them sight so spiritual. Sight so spiritual. So they be like, hey, credible on the sights so subliminal. Get them mad, then chastise them as criminal. Give good drugs on the guys, it's criminal. Radio Friends of the Earth show where we dig down deep and get into the dirt of grassroots action. You're with Sam and Jack this morning and hopefully on the line I have Zia. Zia, can you hear me? Hi, Hi Zia. Um, you might have to speak up a little bit. You sound a little bit far away. Can you hear me better now? Much better. Thank you so much. Uh, so Zia, I was saying as we introduced the show that you've been up there uh, helping and supporting uh, some of the activists that have been taking part in Blockade Australia over the last week at the Port of Botany. Uh, for listeners who may not know what has been going on, could you give us a brief overview of what's happened up in Port Botany and why? Yeah, so Blockade Australia is kind of a new decentralised group of people that want to shift the narrative around resistance 
and build a case for more coordinated centralised action that is targeting the system um, and not just individual projects. Last year we had um, a 10-day continuous action in Newcastle blocking the world's biggest coal port and this time we wanted to pivot into the port of Botany to show that we're not just targeting fossil fuels but we're also concerned about um, Australia's system as a whole and its fact that it's built on e extractivism and we want to disrupt kind of the things that Australia really cares about to make the political space in order to finally be heard and get true action on climate. Well, right now, as we're talking, there is more rain hitting Queensland and the northern rivers and evacuation notices for part of Lismore. So uh, the extraordinary uh, good timing of, you know, pointing to the fact that the whole system is contributing to climate and economic collapse. Uh, and I'm assuming that that's why, in particularly, uh, activists have been targeting the port over the last week. Uh, can you explain some of the actions that you've done and how this, um, I guess, uh, desire to target an extractive system and also, I guess, quite symbolically doing it at the point of entry of invasion and colonialism in Australia around Port Botany? Um, can you tell us what the activists were doing, what sort of actions they took for anyone that's not on social media or perhaps didn't see any of the actions on the mainstream news? Yeah, sure. And just before that, yeah, we're in the middle of our third major flood. Um, area that I'm in has been devastated and it's a really hard and, like, new thing to actually be triggered by the rain. We have another 200 mils coming today and we've been cut off in areas from um, food for up to seven days at times. So we also want to make sure that people understand that cli the climate crisis will impact supply chains um, more than anything. Mm. And, yeah, so um, you might hear the rain in the background, but we're bunkering in probably for another week or so. And, yeah, I just got back and we took action at the Port of Botany. And for five days, we did continuous actions that targeted different parts of the port. Um, the action started out on the road. We started with a consecutive structure, which was one of the first in the world to be made of bamboo. And it was a very beautiful, artistic-looking structure. Yeah. So that's the beautiful thing about activism. There's always, like, um, international networks sharing knowledge and skills. So that was developed by some crazy engineers in the UK and some people brought it down here and made a bamboo version in a kind of bush-style Australian version, which I thought was really <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, the actions continued kind of starting on the roads um, moving into the rail, which was the main freight rail in and out of the port. And, yeah, we really wanted to make it clear that we were wanting to target the system where it began. We're picking targets that are not only economically significant but symbolically significant to Australia. Um, we want people to understand that Australia, which we use as a term to kind of group the system of corporations and institutions that were brought here on ships with the First Fleet, um, they landed on Port Botany and we thought it would be the perfect place to kind of show people that we weren't just... The climate crisis isn't being caused by a single fossil fuel industry or mine. It's a very deliberate um, system that has been designed to serve the kind of ruling class and the elite that has been deliberately designed and brought here 
and sustained for 250 years. Well, I think that's a, a really interesting approach. You know, often in activism, as you said earlier, it's about stopping a particular mine or a particular piece of forest or, you know, freeing a particular group of people, like refugees. There's 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 very targeted kind of, we're going to go after this immediate sort of triage uh, approach because we need to resist and stop things. Um, but basically... You're, you're taking a really intersectional approach to system change and, you know, it makes me think of Naomi Klein's book, you know, um, We Have to Change Everything for Everything to Change. Uh, how do you think the mainstream media have received this? Because I, I saw the terrible Sunrise um, host, uh, Koshi, uh, who really um, behaved in a very belligerent manner on air, both towards... Uh, young Emma, who was, uh, I believe, over a rail line, and then later in the piece, even towards uh, the co-host who tried to uh, drill into some of the system change comments and the food collapse um, and supply chain collapse that Emma was trying to talk about, about why they were taking action. Uh, what what have you as, um, or what have the activists that have been involved in these actions over the last week, how have they found the mainstream media response and the public response do do people get uh this deep political uh intersect between you know capitalism and colonialism and climate change and system collapse yeah good question i think yeah that koshi interview just says so much just this old patriarchal dinosaur fighting with this like young femme that was you know, hanging off a bridge, really concerned about climate change, someone that's been involved in activism for a decade and seen only emissions rise, mm. um, to threaten her with violence on national TV. And talk, the funniest bit of that interview is when he says, we've had Cool the Globe campaigns for years. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what's that? What's Cool the Globe? Yes, and, um, thank you, old man, <laughs> dinosaur man. <laughs> and I was like, wow, every the mainstream is still stuck in the 90s. We're still talking about Cool the Globe, Earth Day, plastic-free campaigns, and we're in such an urgent time. Like, and the floods have only illustrated that more. Um, we are trying to see the more radical narrative in the climate movement. Like, we have had a really amazing history of resistance in Australia um, from the frontier wars, but then also more recently from the 70s. And I don't want to discount that, but when trying to bring in something new, which is um, yeah, addressing or acknowledging more of a systematic analysis and lots of people have been doing that but we want to take direct action that really like feeds that narrative yeah. and hopefully we're not really that focused on media I mean we've got a lot they're never going to understand us they don't want to undermine the system that they're you know kind of benefiting from um, I think we're trying to signal to like people on our side to the climate movement to say hey let's gather a few times a year to take coordinated, offensive, direct action together and really create the political space for change that's beyond electoral politics, that's something bigger. And then, you know, if people need to go back to their communities and defend the front lines there, that's cool. But, like, there hasn't really been something like Blockade Australia um, that we've seen that is calling on everyone to gather and target the system as a whole. This is very true, not for a long time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, perhaps... Uh, you know, the kakadu was maybe the last 
uh, big defence where activists from around Australia joined with First Nations mob on country uh, to stop uranium mining. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right. I think that there's a lot of reasons for that. And if you will hang on the line, we're going to go to a quick community announcement. And I want to come back and talk about uh, what happened to Max, who was one of the activists who took action and yesterday, I believe, was sentenced to four months in jail. Um, and we'll also talk about the way that government uh, in New South Wales is becoming even more um, authoritarian in their approach to climate activists because, uh, you know, they are absolutely wanting to stop such effective action from happening. Uh, if you could stay on the line, Zia, we'll take a short break and come back and talk about that. Great, thank you. Goongaroo Environment Centre is a grassroots community organisation campaigning for East Gippsland's precious forests. For over 15 years, we've been using direct action, citizen science and community engagement to stop the continued logging of precious native forests and threatened species habitat. After this summer's terrible bushfires, there's an even greater urgency to protect what remains, and the Victorian government haven't ruled out plans to log the small fragments of unburnt forests and so-called salvage log in burnt areas. It's now so important that forests and wildlife are protected so they can recover. Head to gecko.org.au to keep updated with the latest news and to get involved. Gecko acknowledges the logging is happening on the stolen lands of the Gunnakurnai and Bidwell and the Naro people and that sovereignty was never ceded. It's time to roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty with Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. That's right, and you're on Dirt Radio with Jack and Sam, and I believe we still have Zia on the line. Zia, can you still hear us? I'm here. Great. Uh, so, Jack, you were telling me before that in the UK, uh, the government also started changing the laws as uh, direct action became more targeted and effective. Yeah, um, it's probably the last six months, and the uh, Johnson government in the UK, what they've done is they've, if you are impeding infrastructure or preventing the economy from running then they're using that as grounds to um, make arrests now mm. um, and it's it wasn't pushed back enough I don't think by the people I think people mm. were kind of very disgusted by it but I don't think people fully realize the implications that has to be able to detain someone just for stopping infrastructure is a very broad yes. law it's a very broad legislation um, and it's from it's in direct response to actions like this that have also been happening in Britain yeah, yeah. And so, Zia, in New South Wales, we've seen there was uh, two uh, young activists that were deported who were from, from overseas who participated, uh, and it, it seemed very clear from watching it from a distance that the New South Wales government had spoken to Border Force or Home Affairs and basically said, we want these people deported. Uh, and that they've changed the law also and are signalling they'll make further changes. Uh, wh what do you think of this response? Uh, is it a sign that you're doing good work and uh, is there, you know, have you seen any pushback against the change of these laws? Mm. I guess the scale of oppression that we've seen used by the state isn't really a shock to us. Mm. Um, we know that they use the legal system as another tool to maintain the status quo. And, I mean, we're deeply affected by the decisions, but, yeah, we're not particularly surprised. Mm. Um, we 
were really sad to see our two mates from Germany, um, you know, be deported or threatened with deportation, um, especially with the irony that one of them had a banner that said, no nations, no borders. Yes. And they're calling for the freedom of other detainees and political prisoners and refugees from Australia's system. Yes. Um, we know that they're going to use fear tactics to squash dissent and we know that people are potentially going to blame that on us as well, but... We know that like, you can't blame women for misogyny and you can't blame people of colour for racism and you can't blame activists for state repression. And their response is because we're effective mm. um, and we are just trying to continue action and we think the best way to fight back against this is to grow organisers and mobilise and continue to do our work. And we know that the people that have been supported or our mate Max um, would mostly... Yeah, would be wanting us to take further action um, mm. on climate, which is why they're here and why they're doing things that isn't fun and does threaten their freedom. So let's talk a little bit about Max uh, in mm. the time we've got left. So Max, uh, for anyone listening, you can go to Blockade Australia's uh, Facebook page or Instagram or Twitter account and probably find the video footage of Max doing... I, I kind of felt, felt like I was watching a video game as he was running uh, through the the port area to get to the crane. I think I counted he uh, climbed over five fences and then ran up endless flights of stairs to get to the top of a 60-metre crane uh, where he harnessed and dropped over the edge and he ended up on part of the crane um, and they ended up, I think he was up there for five or six hours. And then he was in court yesterday where he was sentenced to four months jail, which, you know, I find extraordinary when there are corporations and billionaires and, and governments that are literally killing us with their addiction to fossil fuels and neoliberal politics. Um, but, yeah, Max was uh, found guilty and, and sentenced. Is he currently out on bail waiting appeal or is he currently in jail? He's still in the correction centre, so we're trying to lodge an appeal um, mm -hmm. as fast as we can. This is never something that Max really expected at this point. Um, he doesn't have a lot of priors in New South Wales. Um, I feel like after the task force was created to respond to us and they couldn't actually catch us, they try revenge in different ways, yes. um, which included a raid of a home um, and these prison sentences, which is some of the first that we've been seeing. Um, we do have a lot of legal support and I feel hopeful that we'll be able to lodge an appeal, but it does set a kind of scary precedent um, to be issuing people with sentences um, in some of their first actions in Blockade Australia. And we're realising that the courts are responding to us for our um, like relationship with Blockade Australia rather than what they would usually do if you're an individual and unassociated, which yes. I don't think is really... Very just at all. Uh, and it's quite extraordinary uh, to see a jail sentence handed down for a non-violent action, um, you know, considering the number of people that uh, commit crimes of uh, some form of violence, whether involuntarily or voluntarily, uh, to see a young person jailed for 
uh, trying to stand up for system change was, yeah, it was also a bit of a shock for a lot of people down here in Melbourne that know Max or have worked with Max previously at Actions. So uh, definitely sending out lots of love and solidarity to Max and to everyone involved who is facing a crackdown from authoritarian police. Uh, Zia, we've got to go shortly, but for people listening, if they want to get involved, if they want to support Blockade, uh, what is coming up and how do they do it? Yeah, great. So we have a number of um, information nights coming up. We've got six of them online. So you can find them on the Blockade Australia Facebook page. Um, we hope that people can come to that to hear more about our strategy and what we have planned. We'll also have some nonviolent direct action trainings and inductions online. And this is building up for a public mobilisation that's happening in Sydney from June 27th to July 2nd. To be a mixture of different actions targeting different places in Sydney, um, trying to hopefully get hundreds of people on the street to target what we see as the centre of the economic and political system on this continent. Zia, on that note, thank you so much for joining us today and telling us what's been going on up there. Uh, have nothing but respect for people putting their bodies on the line to fight for a better future, both for people and planet. I do hope you stay safe and uh, that we get to talk to you again soon. And uh, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, stay safe up there in the rain and really thinking of everyone uh, who is now dealing with more floods coming down. Mm, yep, thank you. Okay, see you soon, Z. Bye. You're listening to Dirt Radio and that was uh, Zia talking to us about events that have been going on up in New South Wales around Blockade Australia. And, yeah, Jack, what do you think about, uh, I mean, I don't know how long you've been sort of in the scene in Australia, but does that surprise you that the police are cracking down so hard uh, on young activists fighting for a future? Unfortunately not. Um, I think that there's kind of a lot of parallels to the Britain I come from and just the way that authority likes to exert its, you know, boot, as it were, on mm. people that are even just trying to display their voice. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, it's not a surprise at all, to be honest. Well, hopefully it's something that uh, the entire sort of left movement, whether you're in an NGO or the grassroots or the union movement, hopefully we can get behind supporting uh, young activists that uh, and stop this criminalisation of dissent. It's one thing to hold people accountable for disrupting space. It's another thing to throw people in jail for non-violent action. Uh, and it's... Yeah, it's pretty sad that it's been escalating like this. I think we could say it's it's happening in all Western democracies. It's definitely been happening in America as well, around the Tar Sands and Standing Rock, uh, anywhere where climate activists push back against the system and do effective work. Uh, the state is very quick to either criminalise that action or to use violence against it. And it's really sad because, as we know, and as ASIO keeps saying, the real threat is the far right. The real threat is the radicalisation through the current 
you know, uh, cooker anti-lockdown movement where the far right have infiltrated uh, and yet we're spending a lot of time and resource on people who are fighting for a better future. Uh, we are out of time and my voice is about to die. Uh, coming up next is Billabong Beats. Uh, we uh, will put some notes into the show if you want to follow up and see what's happened over the last week with Blockade Australia. Uh, of course, you should subscribe to 3CR and we're going to go out right now, Jack, with The Clash, Know Your Rights. Uh, see you next week. See ya. Bye. <laughs> This is a public service announcement.